is intended for mature audiences and contains adult content, graphic language, graphic violence, nudity, and strong sexual content. Viewer discretion is advised. Like, we'll leave it up to you. But you gotta know about this stuff before getting into this whole thing, you know? He's Kegs. Brother, who do we got on tonight? Tonight we have someone who I met in my USN days, who is a very, very chill dude. Uh, much respect to him. He's a really he's just just upstanding dude. We have Mr. Rifle with us tonight. Mr. Rifle, how are you doing today, sir? Doing great. Thanks for the invite, guys. No, man, it's... Oh, you betcha, man. We were, we were, we were, we were so stoked when you said you would talk to us, because, like, I, I mean, you're, you're just a guy, you know what I mean? You're always the coolest cucumber in the room, uh, you know, cutting up, having a great time. I mean, I remember when you came on board, dude, it was just, it, honestly, I had no idea how you were putting up the point you were at the time before the boost didn't get. I was trying to keep up with me, me most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to learn how to fly and catch up, and and then it was just like everyone racing for a hundred k every single war before the boosters. You know, funny yeah, enough, I, I I'm trying did. to get. I'm I trying. Have to, no idea how they did it. He he wants to come on right now. He's uh to be announced as well. So we're gonna have Mio on at some point. Hey, but let me ask you this. Well, we'll have to ask him. Uh, yeah, he he already uh he's already signed up. We just got to get him a date. But speaking of. Who are you inside the game? Like, who who have you flow for? And, you know, let's go that route. Right. So I'm Rifle. Uh, I've been... God, when would I join? Kegs, you know, because I was in the game for about two weeks, so it's been, what, like a year and two months. Um, that sounds approximately correct, yeah, because I was about six months old when you came in. Yeah, and Newfie yeah, got me that. and brought me in. And pretty much just learn to fly with you guys and just try and keep up the points learning how to fly. And then I guess it just took a life of its own. And then we got up there in the rankings. We were top 10, the top five, got to two. Then it was just all this stuff with like IA wars back and forth, back and forth. And I don't know, it was never like craziness it was just more like something to do like a goal in mind that we were just trying to do and it was it was fun and then after a while i think it was in december we decided we're putting in way too much time away from our families away from our jobs and so we disbanded usn we just created a small usn um just for shits and giggles and i took 
my second account made it there. So I'm still a vice commander there. And then I went to fly for F-35, 1, LAA, and then they got me to stay over in LAA, made me an advisor. So now I'm advisor in LAA and vice commander in U.S. Titan. So. All right. Well, shout out um, to both of those. Yeah. Yeah. It's nonstop, but it's fun. It's something to do. And then L.A. got me addicted to Call of Duty Mobile, and now I'm doing that too. So. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that one, yeah. Add it to the bank you account. I don't know if one was happy. We were, we were super ecstatic to have you hang out with us for a while. wanted me to stay there and he's like you could just merch for us constantly I'm like I mean I can but then I'm like uh, I, like when we disbanded USN we're just like I just wanted to merc and have fun and then it was like god every time in the KSA called that one time where we had that crazy war it was like what 10 million 9 million it was just Good insane god. I was like yeah, man I'm spending I'm way too much money in this game I'm happy with just the 20,000, 30,000 and just working off the diamonds that we win every week. Well, speaking of that, since we're at that kind of, we're talking about that crux, are you comfortable talking about roughly how much you've spent total? Um, probably for both of my accounts, probably around like 2,000. Okay, that's not that bad. Okay. No, that's not for sure. Yeah, that's probably I only do like four times deals or maybe, maybe three times deals, but I only did like the $100 deal maybe twice when those things come up. And then I did do the ultimate um, diamond deal to get the tier seven, but that was about it. Yeah, that's that's not bad. You're you're making me feel bad because I've uh, I've spent a lot more than (laughs) that. Well, I'm I'm about close to you. I've spent I've spent uh I've spent more than you, but uh I have a lot less. We'll put it that way. You're a lot smarter. Deals, <laughs> man. That's the only way to hide it from the wife. That's yeah yeah that's the thing. Separate card, right? I've heard that more than once. Oh yeah. Well, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess beyond that, you know, uh, beyond the game, I mean, would you want to explain a little bit who you are as a, a person, um, you know, within reason? Yeah. Um, so I'm from Chicago, born and raised, not the suburbs, inner city, um, grew up in all Hispanic neighborhood. Um, being the only little white boy in the grammar school, um, went to a big high school though. Um, when I was 18, I met my first wife. When I was 19, I had my first kid. And so by the time I was 21, I had two kids and I needed a real job. And so I ended up applying for the Kakai Sheriff's Department. And so since I was 21, I've been with the Sheriff's Department. Um, Thank you. So right Thank now you I got for your 16 service. years in. By the way. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, really, it was for insurance. That's how I did it. And then I had my third kid. And then from at the jail is where everyone starts in the sheriff's apartment. And so 
did Supermax for a while, moved on to receiving. Well, well what's, um, what's, what's, first of all, can you, and Kegs, uh, after this, do you, what's the difference between being like, um, you know, say a street cop versus, you know, can you explain what that's like first before you explain what it's like to be, you know, well, or vice versa, whichever one came first, can you explain the difference of the two? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I've never been with a police department, so it's in the sheriff's, you have to start out the jail. Um, then you earn your time or whatever, and you could either apply to do courts to do like being a bailiff or work in their lockup, or you could apply to be in sheriff's police, which is kind of funny to say, sheriff's police, but it's more like. Right now, Sheriff's Police backs up CPD downtown, west side, south side, um, and then they do the unincorporated areas in uh, Cook County that's around Chicago that don't have their own police department. Um, for one thing, like, we're peace officers. We're not police officers. Mm-hmm. So whenever someone asks me if I'm a cop, you know, I, I've never said to anybody I'm a cop. I've always said I'm just in law enforcement or with the Sheriff's Department. Um, so, real quick though, while you're making that distinction, as, as a peace officer in the law enforcement aspect, are you deputized or no? Yes. Yeah, with the state of Illinois. Okay. Well, okay, and, and, I mean, that, and that's, a, that's a big win, dude, like getting, getting that, because I was corrections for two, almost two and a half years up here in Michigan, and we cannot get deputized. Yeah, that's... Unless, uh, unless we do, like, search and rescue additions or, or some kind of in addition to our, our duties as an actual corrections officer. But you are right? Yes. Yes. We, I think it's different because with the sheriff's department, like, we're by law, we have to be deputized. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Well, let me ask you ask you this, like, beyond the qualifications part, because this, when as soon as you told me where you were from and what you do, and knowing Chicago, especially right now, um, I guess, can you talk a little bit about what it's like trying to be law enforcement in any way right now in Chicago? I'm just curious. I'm it's curious. Horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It's bad. We're the enemies for everybody. Um, I can answer that question. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's funny because, like, when we have, like, all those riots and stuff and we always get hits out put on us and our cars get shot and stuff it's just like it is what it is defund the police okay i mean if you're gonna it's just it's just bad um but no you can you can and you you're anonymous you're anonymous here so you can let go when it comes to that i i think you know well it's just funny because like right now for instance with all this question about police funds like we just got a contract passed with the county and we're going to get 13.5 percent raise so it's like the opposite's happening because of all the defund the police and everything against the police um nobody's applying and so we we're having people retire left and right our attrition's horrible so before people were staying on just for like overtime and insurance but a lot of people are well if they got your 30 in and you have enough to retire. Like for me, for instance, I got hurt when I was 21. So when I'm 51, I could retire with my full pension, you know? So like, what's to keep me from like leaving? 
So right now, to keep us, they're pretty much paying us whatever we want. It's kind of crazy. And actually, you guys have a pension. I mean, because at the state level here, I didn't have a pension. Damn. Well, I guess... And they, they took that away, I think it was three years before I started. And when I started, and I was like, like I keep people with some of the so, like, I talked to some of the guys that still work there and whatnot, and they're like, dude, do you believe what they're, do you hear what they're paying these guys for starting out? And I'm like, no, dude, I, I haven't paid no attention to that. And they're like, dude, if they're getting paid what, what we were getting after, like, our first or second raise. Because when I started as a corrections officer in the state of Michigan, it was 1767 to start. Oof. <laughs> and, and, well, and that's, but you got paid from day one. Like yeah. in the academy and the whole nine yards. So I mean, yeah. it wasn't too bad. And then once you went green tag, after you were a red, I mean, you went red tag, green tag, black tag. So red tag, you have to be escorted everywhere. You have to stay with us and officer, training officer of the day or whatever. Green tag, you're a probationary. You can walk around on your own, do your own thing to a, to a degree. Um, and then after a 60 day, 60 or 90 day probationary period, you got your black tag, which was your political full scale scale but full fledged you know officer or whatever and then um I, I want to say those after they're, they're starting with like 20 say what, what, what is it, 20 20 58 or something like that it took me like my I mean I think it took me to like my second raid to get a 22 and we were supposed to top out we are supposed to top out around like 30 32 an hour range after 2011 for us have to work till they're about 64 and have to do 42 years of service to get what I'm going to do in 30 so it's it's oh, a lot tougher now but when you have like a, the tier system like tier 1 tier 2 it's it gets insane when people like we have people like I, I've never went for a promotion but like I get paid more than my sergeants do because I'm a tier one and I have so much time on the job. Like, it's it's crazy. Well, but, I mean, it is what it is. And then your sergeant's only been there six months and he's trying to tell you what to do and you're like, that's the thing you're getting your bucket enough, but, but okay. No, but see, that's the thing. Like, I always tell people, like, when you go for a promotion, do it within your first five years. Like, go for that promotion so you're trained as a sergeant. Because um, once you got, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 years... You're pretty much set in your ways. Like, it's hard to train you anymore. You know, so, like, when, especially, like, people that came out of Academy when I came out of Academy just got promoted right now, and I'm like, why? You have to start from the bottom? Like, I get to go wherever I want to work with my time on the job, you know? Exactly. And I'm going to be in the I worst areas. Uh, no, I'm good. Well, let me ask you something, I like, that, that really... I don't think we've even got close to touching on. I mean, I understand the financial aspect, take care of your family, but um, are you scared for your life ever? Like, seriously, have, have you really sat down and thought about, you know, how healthy it is for you, you know, not only mentally, just, I mean, what is that like, especially where you're at? All right, um, so we could, we could go to that direction. Um, so when I was at jail... 
about three years in, I went to work at Cermak Hospital. Um, so it's a hospital, full hospital, inside the compound um, of Cook County Jail. And um, I got real like comfortable working a psych unit, and then I went for being psych trained, then crisis intervention training, and then I became one of the regular officers. And now this does not look like a jail. I have we don't really have what you picture in your mind of what jails look like. Maybe Kags knows, but um, it looked more on an acute psych unit, like an ICU unit, yeah. where there's group rooms and single cells. Sure. But there's the doctors are working hand in hand with you. You have nursing on staff at all times, mental health on hand at all times, 24 hours a day. And so I got really into that, and we got real comfortable. We became a family, the doctors, the nurses, me and my partners there's four officers that work at all times so my shift i was on day shift and uh we did everything together we went on vacations together everything and when you're on that unit you don't think twice and it became to an extent where it's like so you have use of forces when you go hands-on and you have to write a report let's say you're exchanging blows or something well, on psych units, you're constantly doing emergency medication, so you're taking people down, but it's not technically a report. You know, it's a medical assisting. So you kind of lose that that uh, fear of going into a cell pretty fast when you're doing it twice or three times a day. Um, and it became normal to the point where I didn't feel normal in regular life without having that little drop of adrenaline of going into a cell attraction or something. And so most law enforcement, when they have something like that, we all hold it in, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's a weird situation when that makes you feel normal, you know? And to this day, when I'm going to an incident, I feel more calm than when I'm not, when it's just regular life or I'm standing around people. And so, with that, I was doing acute psych for eight years, and I had multiple concussions. It was just concussion after concussion, because you gotta remember, on acute psych units, it's people from the streets that are either on drugs or they are self-medicating. So, it's not their fault when they attack you. So you're talking about withdrawals and and, and schizophrenic stuff like that? Yeah, not withdrawals. Um, withdrawals is totally different. That's more like shaking and leave me alone. Um, but, like, schizoid, but bipolar, a lot of the things, um, when they're self-medicating with drugs and alcohol, uh, it's, and they have to come off of it, and they're just, there's no talking sense to someone where you have to take them down, and you, you need to make sure you don't hurt them. Because right. when they're on their medication, it's night and day. And in this city there's no real support for mental health so when they get released from the jail like you have to take three buses to one hospital and that's Georgia hospital pick up your prescription and if you live on any part of the city that's far you're not getting your medication so what do you do you have to self-medicate and that's that's just normal and so it's a rotating door we know all of these guys you know by first name basis they know all of us once they become on the situation on their medication, they become the nicest people in the world. So when when they're going through that, you gotta make sure you don't hurt them. So you take the hits um, to make sure 
that they're safe because what, what a clusterfuck, you're buddy. protecting them. What a clusterfuck. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you, I just, what a clusterfuck. I mean, it is. It, that's the city. So, like, when people, I, I, that's what bothers me about this the city most of is mental health. Like, if they want to put anything into anything, find a way to get these guys medication. Like, fucking deliver medication. It'd be fine. But, anyway, so. More on that subject, real quick. If you don't mind me interjecting a quick, a quick observation question, I guess. Okay. Um, did, did you guys have sufficient like mental health support from, from your side? So yeah, that's where I'm. That's probably where I'm heading. So nobody okay. really, no one really like looks after us, you know. So it becomes normal for us to mask our own our own problems yeah so a lot of times it's drinking so or pills or something so um i was having problems and this was with my first wife i was i was having issues i couldn't like i was dependent on just numbing out everything when i was at home i couldn't deal with anything um drops in the other room and it just sets you off into a fucking yeah it's anything either and it's something small like like even to this day like crowds I can't deal with crowds I can't deal with people no I feel that yeah it's just it's an issue and um so I got divorced and ended up spiraling down uh suicidal fucking I, there's no way out and people at my job that I didn't realize were in peer support in AA and they came to my house and literally like wrestled me into treatment good and there's one individual that while I was in treatment um would drive me to like AA meetings every day for doing my 90 and 90 and stuff so but through that um got a bunch of scans like those electrode scans and found out i had a traumatic brain injury and i had like a dead spot in my brain so i was like you know i it's just cte are we talking about cte what are we talking about cte yeah i mean i I got pictures but i don't i don't know what they're called i just remember seeing the pictures and they're like well did it look yeah, black in the scans? Basically, there was just a big yes. black spot. Yeah, yeah, there's a black spot. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and can I make a quick op- observation too? I find it uh, sad and tragic that uh, the same thing that you're trying to help people with, you were going through at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's yeah. very a poignant issue. And you, like you said, you didn't have support for the entire city, not just you. No, we, we, the one guy that helped me out, he's, he was just an individual. There's nothing really, like, we have peer support, but if you looked at that, you'd probably laugh. Like, um, no, like, I it's, 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 a, it's a severely lagging area. Yeah, you, it's kind of like, you know. I wouldn't laugh, though. I, I, I'm sorry. No, absolutely not. I mean, I was, I was done. I was checked out. Like, I, my family was probably better off without me, kind of thing in my head, so. Once I went through treatment, found out I had uh, PTSD, severe depression, acute anxiety disorder, everything. Um, they got me straight on medication. Um, 
no benzos. I, I just listened to one of you guys' shows, like someone mentioned Klonopin or something. So no benzos. I've been Good. sober Good. since Good. I was, I think it's 2016. Um, Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. I was going to say, that's a big fucking deal. Uh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. It's huge. And, it, and, you know, and I'm, I'm just happy to hear that at least your coworkers were willing to step up and, and, and be there for you when you needed them because you don't have that kind of stuff up here at the state level. If anything, they just beat you down farther. It's, no, you know, we... It's a very dog-eat-dog world when you work for the state in the corrections area in Michigan. It's, it's not. It's not pretty. Well, with my background, if a lieutenant or someone sees that there's an issue with somebody, that's what we suspect, they'll intentionally make me work with them so I could try to get, you know, and maybe seek help like, like the other, I mean, last week, last week I tried to get a guy because we do have free um, through our job, but no one knows about it. We have therapy. Like you, good. you could find help. Good. You know, so we, I, I did that last week because somebody was having a crisis. So, um, but yeah, we, that was, that was interesting. So when I went back to like the acute psych, you know, it was totally different. Like it was, I was, uh, more involved with, uh, making sure that these guys were taken care of, um, the inmates, you know, because there's people and they going through the same thing. And I think when, they know that you've been through some shit yourself that there's like this mutual understanding I'd hope um, yeah. and uh, on that note with one of those doctors I ended up going on a vacation with to Ohio and that's how I met my wife currently so it's just weird how everything falls into together well, let me ask you let me let's do that let's how how, how so you met your wife in ohio can elaborate a little bit more what happened after you met her like can could you elaborate a little bit more how that's worked out yeah i went to i don't know if you guys ever heard of Putin bay but anyone that knows Putin bay right now they're just nodding because it's a shit show and i went with a bunch of doctors to Putin bay because a bunch of them were from ohio and they're from the Akron area, and well, what's Putin um, Bay? Just in case, of, just in case I don't know who it is. Well, Putin Bay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what. It's an island in Lake Erie that's nothing but pool bars and debauchery. It's like uh, Sodom and Gomorrah like on an island. Like a yeah, it's on an island. There's you have to take a ferry to get to it. It's like the most limited place for clothes. It's it's just it's just weird. It's just a party. A it's party just weird. Like yeah, it's like think of like Vegas, but like white trash Vegas. Okay. okay. And that nobody nobody will argue that point. So my hometown bar, so, basically. Yeah. Oh my god. And so going over there with the doctor and I was babysitting them because remember I'm sober so I was like the SOS guy so whenever I was sharing a condo with eight other women it was me another guy officer that came with us and eight women in this condo <laughs> and whenever they were being hit on by someone they didn't want to they would call an SOS okay. for us to go and save them now the other guy he fucking took off and was banging whatever but um, <laughs> one of the girls called an SOS and we ended up spending the night together and 
I told her that night that she could come to Chicago and we could hang out. And literally from then on, she was coming like every other weekend and to the point where she was coming every weekend. And we ended up getting married. Well, and it was congratulations. Yeah, it's yeah. Weird. It's a weird situation. Well, but it was, it's not that weird. Nobody goes to Point Bay and comes back with a wife. That's all I can say. But 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 here's the here's the best thing about that. Like I'm curious. So you're struggling through all this stuff as you're you know trying to re- rebuild yourself. Um, mm-hmm. If your wife was to ever hear this, what would you say to her? Oh man, she she's been through a lot of shit, especially with my job. So the, she already knows everything. No, no, I'm I mean, I mean, how appreciative. Like, if you were if you were gonna tell her. Oh, she's my world. She she's she's kept me in check. She saved my life multiple times. I love her to death. Like, she's the best thing that ever happened. I don't know how it happened. I don't know if I ever deserved it, but it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me besides my kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she'll agree with that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, she's. You know the greatest thing in my life. Um, hopefully, my so kids don't. My wedding go with. Well, if you don't mind me asking, because we had a corrections right wedding while I was working there, and there was about I don't know, like like eighty officers and from around the state, and a bunch of like street cops that were buddies and everything else. Like, how was the wedding? Okay, so my wife comes from a well-off family. All right, and I, like I said, I'm from inner city Chicago yeah. Hispanic like it was we're and it's a bunch of jail guards so my superintendent gave everybody even my lieutenant um off for the weekend so we all went over there and I told them like this her family's like fucking crazy like they party hard like we've been to concerts where I'm like holy shit and I told my guys I'm like hey just so you know I told everybody at this wedding, and this is a big wedding, and her dad paid for everything, huge wedding. This is in the height of COVID, it's 2020. And we told everyone, hey, no, this is a text from her dad to her, her dad's friends. No doing coke on the wedding tables. Like no, no drugs at the tables, because these guys, and they're like, okay, cool. So when it was the actual wedding, and a couple of my guys came up and like, hey, they're doing fucking lines of coke in the bathroom. <laughs> like, that's what we told them to do it. Like, what do you want them to do it? Like, and they're like, are you fucking crazy? I'm like, no, this is this is how they party, man. He's got to let it ride, man. It was a good time. And, oh, man. And then we had after parties and before parties. And there's like, I don't know. I, my guys, I guess, Ohio people drink different. Like, you think a bunch of jail guards can drink Ohio chicks I'll drink fucking everybody right after a ceremony they're shotgunning like drinks and doing sh- it, was, it was insane it was a it was a wild wedding like I, we have pictures of some officers that like blacked out in the hallways we had cops called on us multiple times cause this was at a hotel and you have literally this whole hotel full of guys with guns and badges and in this out of nowhere county in the middle of Ohio, it was pretty fun. It was, it was a good time. They they couldn't do anything about it, you know. Obviously, we outmanned them, but it was a it was a fun time. That's oh my god! Fucking dude. awesome! That's so awesome! Like, <laughs> just it, I'm putting a picture together in my head right now. I, 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 yeah, I will say I, I can imagine. I can picture exactly how that goes, guys. 
Well, and, and and I guess before we, you know, I ask you even, you know, anything else. Let, let me ask you this: um, when 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 that was going on around you, and you're you're trying to stay sober, right? How hard? Uh-huh. How hard was it really, or was it? Uh, speaking to an ex-addict, actually, well, the current addict never always are. Um, uh-huh. I've re- I've reached a point where my quote-unquote drug of choice, right? So I can drink and control it, but my drug of choice, okay. right? I detest it at this point. Like there's, you could lay it in front of me and I would walk away. Is that where you were at at that well, point? Yeah, there's there's no chance. I, I when I hit my rock bottom, like that's why when when you have addicts and alcoholics, when people are like, "Hey, can you help this guy out?" I'm like, "No, I can't," because he hasn't hit rock bottom. Like he doesn't know what it's like. And until you hit rock bottom, like you don't realize like how bad it is. You just think, "Yeah, I could just I could go a week without drinking. That's fine." But no, when you when I was at my point, like I was ready to check out. Like I was there, and it was it was over and so when i'm thinking about stuff like that now i'm not gonna lie like the second i retired i'm gonna smoke all the weed i can Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's just i just cannot drink i can't do benzos like that's the two things i can't do now i i've had some crazy stories with drugs which i you know, I can't get tested now for. But, like, for instance, my honeymoon, my fucking, we went to Dominican Republic, and my wife stored her her edibles in my one-a-days, and I didn't know. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. so I thought I was being drugged in the middle of Dominican Republic, and then she's... <laughs> Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. here, like... Is that the, the honeymoon? Oh, okay. So that's the honeymoon. Yeah, so our honeymoon... <laughs> okay, real quick. So Dominican Republic... It's six o'clock in the morning. I'm getting my lounge chairs for the beach. I do my one a days. Um, we have breakfast, and I'm feeling like real funny. Like I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, we gotta go back. I gotta lay down. I got there's something wrong. She's like, oh my god. And so we start walking back, and someone's trying to talk to us, but I feel like he's talking backwards. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> And so, and so I'm telling her, so we're walking back. I'm like, I gotta go to the room. We gotta go to the room. And so we get to the room and she's like, you better not fucking die on me. We're not going to a hospital and Dominican Republic, blah, blah, I'm like, and so she's like, are you having a panic attack? Cause I mean, I, I get panic attacks, but I know this wasn't a panic attack, but she didn't believe me. Well, she also brought shrooms. No, oh, no. So, oh, oh, no. so she thought the solution was more shrooms (laughs) let's 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 give them shrooms to calm down the anxiety yeah that didn't work so now so now it like a half an hour goes by and i'm looking myself in the mirror and i'm fucking just tripping balls (laughs) and i'm like i don't know what the fuck's going on and so i'm like i gotta retrace my steps right so i go and the first thing i do is go to my one of day pills and she's like don't touch those i'm like why she's like because those are my edibles i'm like what She's like, you son of a bitch. And so she's like, get your shoes on. We're going to the beach. Because I took, I took, I think, 40 milligrams of weed. <laughs> and then, and apparently for someone that doesn't do that, it's a lot. And then <laughs> edibles especially. And then I was all shroomed out. So then for the rest of the day, we were just at the beach. And I was just staring at the the waves. Yeah, I was going to say the waves. Was a great fucking time. Yeah, it was a great time. I got some pictures. I'll send it to you guys. Uh, absolutely. Like, was, I, I love it. It was 
Oh man. But yeah, it was uh so like like I said, like actually, actually the only thing that's really like trailing, like I don't really have an issue with anything else. Send me send I'm me those gonna... pictures of, of the waves and uh that's gonna be the icon for this on pod, on uh, Spotify. I'll, I'll do one better. I got a picture of when I was tripping balls and one of those guys with the parrots come by and put them on your arm. <laughs> I got that. Well, what what was that experience I'm, like though? Oh, dude, it was, I, I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, why are there fucking birds on my arms? And they put two parrots on my arms. And I'm like, was he talking to you or anything? On? Like 2K and Sam? No, you know how, when you go to Dimension, they, they try to take pictures for money or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything so, they can do. So this guy just throws fucking parrots on me and asks for money, and I am just out of it. I don't know what's going on. But but you're not a small guy either. Like, uh, so so this is maybe a little segue. How much can you bench press? I think everybody wants to know. Uh, I dude, I'm older. Dude, you're you're humble. Like like, let's say at your peak. I don't do right. If I had a bench press right now. No no, at your peak. At your peak. At my peak, I never went. I never went over like three or five. I don't go. I, I, when I started working out, I was already, what was it, when I got sober, it's like when I really hit it, and so, like, that became my obsession, I have a real addicting personality, so, the gym became my obsession, I was doing Spartan races across the country and stuff, and doing the competitive ones, and it was just, but, benching, mine was, like deadlifts were fine. I was always doing more than four hundred, but I've I've only benched over three hundred a couple times. Right now, like when I'm working out, like I have my bench press at my house. It's I stay with two twenty. I don't do anything more than that. Well, they say reps. Are, I'm not yeah. Talon. Talon, when he's listening, he does crazy shit. I, I'm not gonna pull my back or pull a muscle. That's how people my age get hurt. <laughs> you think Talon would come on? Would you talk okay, to him? So, so. I don't know, but, but he, his pictures are crazy. But do me a favor. Uh, put a little bird in his ear before Cakes ask you, you know, the next question, please. I know Talon, actually. So maybe put a bird in his well, ear, got, send him this link once it got, comes out. We got to get my Discord first because uh, I think, oh, I'm not saying that out loud, but I don't know if he's allowed on Discord. Really? Well, you, you know what? It's okay. I mean, that's, that's okay. Um, I'll try to get a hold of the account I have too. No big deal. But Kegs was getting ready to say something. I'm sorry, buddy. Part two at 7 p.m. You have to hear it. <laughs>